I'm your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the King of Gordon himself, Alex M. Weiss. I'm here in the flesh. And joining us once again is the Duchess of Dunwoody, the Sage of Sandy Springs, Erica J. Lavender. Good evening, everyone, or whatever time of day you are listening. Let me clarify that. Inclusivity is key, Queen. <laughs> How you doing, Alex? Oh, doing all right. I'm uh, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the lighter movie series. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's I it's mean, good to do those every once in a while. I like pirates, but man, this this movie was a lot easier to digest. Mhm. It really, truly was. Um, I think I think doing doing a lighter series is a nice change of pace. Also, I think it'll be a little bit. The entertainment value will be there, you know. Um, I think yeah. it's just a, a, like I said, a nice change of pace. Um, but yeah, we will get to our thoughts and impressions and analysis and all this stuff later. Because this, of course, is Weiss Camera Action, the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, Alex, Erica, and I review movies slash series of movies. If you want to be a part of the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash Weisscast, where $1 a month, that tier, gets you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the podcast. Or you can write your Darmok reviews, just like... Um, Alex recites at the end of each episode. And I will. And he will. Um, We still haven't had anyone write in. I just looked right before recording. And uh, that's okay, because we're still a pretty new podcast. Then this is just our sixth episode when all is said and done. Um, Also, the $1 tier gets you a shout out in the podcast episode as well as in the show notes. So thank you Mm -hmm. to our producers. Chrono Slinger and Pepe Danger. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big deal. You can catch the show each and every week on Friday on podcast services around the globe. <laughs> Housekeeping. <laughs> yep. Still trying to be more consistent with uploads. I've been pretty good about this this show. Well, okay, that's a lie. Last week there was a little mis- mishap. I edited the show. I exported it. And I swear I uploaded it, but apparently I forgot to upload it. Um, <laughs> I did everything except hit upload. So that's why it wasn't up until Sunday, ladies and germs. Um, it will be back up on Friday um, this week. And also, Bryant and I are getting back into Weisscast this week after a little two-week hiatus. Um, between traveling, helping Erica move... Um, just being busy, um, it's been busy a busy time to do two podcasts, um, but we're getting back into it just in time for the holidays. And there's been a lot of news, especially on the movie front lately. So um, be sure to tune into Weisscast uh, on Sunday on your favorite podcast service. Um, 
like I mentioned last week, we revamped Patreon rewards. Um, if you're interested, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Weisscast. Um, like I said earlier, $1 a month tier gets you to be a part of the show. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be first impressions. Alex, mm-hmm. you were the only one that was alive. Well, I might have been alive when this movie came out. It came yeah, out in But there's no way you would have. You're the only one that it. was sentient <laughs> when this movie was released. I don't think I ever saw this until it was on a home video. But it was like one of those, like, I, if I watched a movie as a kid, I loved it. And this, I'm pretty sure I really liked this movie. But I don't know where I saw it. Mm-hmm. When I saw it. It was just one of those that, like, I, I knew existed and I had seen. But I'm 99% sure I, I didn't see it in theaters. You know, I'm nearly positive we watched it on VHS growing up, but I remember it mostly from Disney Channel. Yeah. Around this time of year, or ABC Family around this time of year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also loved this movie. Um, I bet it was also like kind of special because there was a kid almost your age in the yeah, movie. Yeah, how, how old was he supposed to be? He could have been anywhere between six and like eight, so... I yeah. I don't think there was any way he was older than eight. Yeah. Which is how old he would have been. Yep. Right there. <laughs> right in the feels. Um, Erica, you actually kind of lobbied for this movie series, so I'm very anxious to hear your first thoughts. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time on Wise Camera Action I had seen the movie before I watched it for the episode. So that's very <laughs> exciting for me. Um, I love this movie. It's in my top three favorite Christmas movies to watch in the holiday season. Um, I can't remember the first time I watched it, but I've always, it's one of those movies that feels like it's always existed. <laughs> it just feels like it's just, like it's just such a staple for the holiday season, I feel like. And mm-hmm. watching it gives just gives me just all the warm fuzzies. I love it so much. So I was a little surprised because I I don't think I've seen the non television version of this movie for maybe forever, mm-hmm. and I kind of forgot how much adult stuff they slipped in there. I mean, it's not like super raunchy, but it's it def- definitely earns its PG rating. Yeah, there's definitely some some jokes that were left in there for parents yeah. or for older viewers in general. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, I think you'll get to some of those in the fun facts, won't you? Yes. I'm trying to keep a straight face here. Let's, uh, let's get right into the fun facts. Cause wait, when, wait, you didn't tell us your impressions, Aaron. Did, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, kind of. Um, well, it was mostly, anecdotal i guess um yeah like i was saying i mostly remember watching it on tv whether it's disney channel or abc family now freeform for you gen z ears out there um i really I, i enjoy this movie um i had less of a memory of it than i do the second one 
Um, I don't know why the second one just really sticks out in my head um, a lot. Um, and I, I honestly don't know if I've seen the third one, but we'll get to those in future weeks. The second and the third one really run together in my mind, but I have to sit down and remember, oh, yeah, okay, I, I know the difference. See, the third one is so distinct in my heart. I just, I know everything about the third movie. I just, we'll I, re- get there we get there I remember there being a lot of hot chocolate in the second one. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I re- <laughs> are, are you ready for some fun facts? I'm ready for Heck some, yeah. the most fun facts. All right, fun facts. For one week in November 1994, Tim Allen, our star, had the number one movie at the box office, the number one rated television show on TV in Home Improvement, and the number one New York Times bestselling book, Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. So Good for you, Tim Allen. Good for you, Tim Allen. This is his first leading role, predating uh, Toy Story by a year. Wow. And uh, he... Just for clarification, his first leading film role. Film role. Yes, <laughs> it does say film role. Yes. I forgot the second word, or that, that second F word. Film. Uh, so Tim Allen has a criminal record. Um, it didn't say this on IMDb, but I think he was caught with, like, some kind of drug possession in the 70s. I feel like it was cocaine. Cocaine. And uh, Disney has no a no hiring of ex-cons policy. But they made an exception for Tim Allen. And his TV show was on ABC Family. Um, or not ABC Family, ABC. Yeah. Um, I, it, may have, it may have even been produced by Touchstone, which was owned by Disney at one point. Um, so, uh, fun fact kind of going with that, just mostly about Tim Allen, not necessarily about the movie. Um, so his whole like television career was on ABC and then, um, Tim Allen's a more conservative kind of guy and he was kind of outspoken about something. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't think it was like, I don't think it was like a big, big issue. It might've been, correct me if I'm wrong, www.voiceguest.com slash your dash wrong. Um, but, uh, they canceled his show last man standing mm-hmm. and that's why it moved to Fox also owned by Disney now. Well, not the show, not the network, but the film company. Yeah. It's, con- it's confusing. <laughs> Go on. Okay. I'm going to say, see if I can say this next part with a straight face <clears throat> on older f- releases of the film. Tim Allen makes a sarcastic remark in the movie uh, and just for clarification, it's when he's having a back and forth with his ex-wife about how he feels about Neil, uh, which includes the line, 1-800-SPANK-ME. He picks up a piece of paper and says, like, she says, this is his number. This is Neil's number if you need to get a hold of him. And he says, oh, it's 1-800-SPANK-ME. Uh, during the film's release, a woman from cl- near Cleveland, Ohio, called the supposedly fictional number for her curious grandchildren. It turned out to be a... It turned out to be a phone sex line. However, it wasn't until 1997 when Disney received complaints from parents whose children called the number and racked up huge phone bills did the studio take action and cut the line for future releases. Disney said they also would purchase the phone line to disconnect the service. This part of the film is also cut on the DVD's release and on Disney+. Plus. On television broadcasts, the phone number is changed to 1-800-POUND. And 
apparently it's also on like the voodoo and 4k digital releases <laughs> so i'm just like <laughs> that, that was in the santa claus movie that's really <laughs> funny that. Uh, I looked up the I, I looked the sign the scene is on YouTube so it exists. Nice. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's a very Tim Allen like joke though. Yeah. You know, like that was some I I could hear him saying that in Home Improvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Home Improvement. I think you, it looks like you have one more fun fact. I do. Uh, many references to Tim Allen's role on Home Improvement include Scott repeating repeatedly grunting. Oh no. You know, in the Tim Allen voice. Also, in the first movie, when Scott is first touring the North Pole, he picks up a tool belt and holds it to his waist. When Scott, let's see, this next one, I don't, I don't, I can, I can contest. When Scott reluctantly agrees to put on Santa's clothes, there's a stealth pun, capitalized stealth pun, where he says the name of his character's last name on the show, Scott. Or this is the dialogue, Scott. Well, I hope you're happy. Comment. I hope you're happy, but most of the most importantly, I hope the guy that lives here is a tailor. And I'm like, that's a stretch. There's like, mm-hmm. because he's not at his house. He's at somebody else's house. Yeah. Right. I don't think that's a a stealth pun. <laughs> I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, that's that's kind of dumb, honestly. But, but the other. The other two, I'll give him. He does. He does grunt. He mm-hmm. says, "Oh ho ho," and you know, yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> ready Would for a plot like summary? I'm ready for a plot summary. A plot summary. How about the plot summary? Uh, divorcee Scott Calvin is disgusted to learn that his ice maker. Okay. Divorcee Scott Calvin is disgusted to learn that his ex and her husband have tried and failed to break it easy to their six-year-old, okay, he's six, son Charlie, that Santa isn't real. On Christmas Eve, Scott reads the night before Christmas, then receives an unexpected visitor on on his roof. When he's startled by Scott's calling out and falls, the Santa impersonator disappears leaving only an eight reindeer sleigh and a suit with instructions to put it on if he's involved in an accident. Scott does and is transported around the town, dropping gifts through chimneys until he's taken to the North Pole and informed by a group who claims they're elves that he is now Santa. Charlie is proud of his dad's new job, though Scott's convinced it's a dream. Until his hair turns white, his beard refuses to stay shaved. He gains weight inexplicably, even for his sudden love of junk food. Now he's accepted it. There's just one problem. How to keep it secret from his disbelieving family. That. Break it down. Was the plot. Now it's time to break it down even further. Scott Calvin, played by Tim Allen, is a divorced father and an ad executive with a young son, Charlie. On Christmas Eve, Charlie comes over to spend the night with Scott before going back to his mother's for Christmas Day. That night, they are awakened by a clatter on the roof. Going outside to investigate, Scott can see someone on the roof. He yells at the trespasser, which causes the man to lose his balance and fall to his death. He appears to be Santa Claus. Santa magically disappears after his fatal fall, but his familiar red and white suit remain. 
Scott and Charlie find a card in the pocket which reads, if something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do. So uh, the the uh, <clears throat> dialogue between between Scott and I, I don't remember the ex-wife's name. Let's just call her Patty. Patty. What's her <laughs> name, um, Erica? I, oh, my gosh. Why don't I know her name? That's so annoying. I wish I knew her name. I'm looking it up right now. No, it doesn't, doesn't say it. In... I was going to say Judy, but that's the name of the elf. Laura. 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 The go. dialogue between Scott and Laura when she drops off Charlie is like, like it's a, it's really, I think it's really well written. Like, it's one of those where they're not really saying what they're feeling. They're just kind of saying it through their their sarcastic remarks or jokes. Mm -hmm. And I think Charlie's pretty well written because he's like at first and spoilers, I think Charlie has the most well-earned story arc in this movie, but um, Charlie, he's like, mom, I don't want to stay here. And she's like, you got to. And he's like, pick me up in the morning and make it as early as possible or sun up later. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, he's like, pick me up early. I'm talking sun up. Yeah, yeah that's what he says. Up. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just the way that you know he's like absorbed a lot of his stepfather's knowledge. He's like constantly psychoanalyzing his dad. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, the kid's actually a pretty impressive actor. I think mm-hmm. so too. And he's uh, not even in that much besides these three movies. Yeah, he's not, which is impressive. Um, the reindeer will know what to do. Santa's sleigh and eight reindeer. Also, listeners, if you hear a weird noise in the background, we're not sure exactly what it is. Um, 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 Santa's sleigh and eight reindeer are found perched on top of the house. Scott puts the suit to please Charlie puts on the suit to please Charlie and begins delivering toys from rooftop to rooftop. Their final stop is the North pole. The head elf Bernard shows Scott, a tiny inscription on the card, which says that upon the death of the previous occupant, whoever wears the suit assumes the identity of Santa Claus and all the responsibilities that go with it. This is the Santa Claus. The the title always confused me as a kid because I was like, is that how you spell Santa's name? Yeah. Right. I, I feel like that this movie title ruined a generation <laughs> of people for spelling Santa Claus. Right. I mean, I didn't, I honestly did not get the joke until way too late. Oh, same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I had no idea what like a clause in a contract was, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> Why would why would a little you know seven year old Aaron watching this on ABC Family in in December know what a clause of a contract or a law or whatever is you know right? <laughs> also, speaking of really fun uh, spelling puns to give something that sounds the same a whole new meaning that so we already went past the scene, but like Charlie is so caught up on the line. In the Twas the Night Before Christmas book, there arose such a clatter. Yes. Like, he's so caught up on that. And 
in order to get on the roof later when they're climbing up onto the roof, the name of the ladder is A Rose Suchik Ladder. <laughs> so he's like, Look, Dad, a rose such a ladder. And I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like that's such, like that's my favorite joke in the whole movie. <laughs> it's one that I honestly miss until you pointed it out. <laughs> like that was my first time seeing, like noticing. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I love it. So I, I know I'm I'm jumping ahead to analysis, but it's what I do. I like the setup of this movie probably the most of any part of the movie, but I like that the setup is is not really a Christmas story that I don't think is often told, like a uh, divorcee at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And learning, I, I don't know, it's presumably their first Christmas as a div- divorced parents. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's either, you know, it's one of the early ones. It could be first or second or whatever. Yeah. It's at least Tim Allen's or Scott Calvin's first time having Charlie by himself on Christmas Eve. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can make the ham. And then they end up in the diner or whatever Mm -hmm. and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think that is a unique setup for the movie. Um, And kind of a brilliant premise, a unique premise. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And I think the way they set up, I the way they set up most of the characters is pretty good. I just like Charlie the most. Mm-hmm. And dang it, I wish they had more Peter Boyle in it because he was in it for all of five minutes, and I forgot how little he was in this movie. <laughs> Peter Boyle is so funny. Um, the head elf Bernard shows Scott a tiny inscription on the card, which says, "Once upon, or <laughs> once upon, upon a death of the previous occupant." whoever wears the suit assumes the identity of Santa Claus and all the responsibilities that go with it. This is the Santa Claus, as stated by Bernard. You put on the suit, you're the big guy. In other words, whether Scott likes it or not, he is now Santa for life. He also gives Charlie a globe. Then he meets an elf named Judy, who tells Scott that he is the he only has 11 months. Judy's got one of my favorite lines. She's like, I'm seeing somebody in rapping. He only has 11 months until the next Thanksgiving to get his affairs in order before becoming Santa Claus full time, which he tries to refuse. Oh my goodness. Do you hear that? Yes. Yeah. I can't stop. I can't stop. I have no idea what it is. Um, Charlie and he spend the night at the factory. The next morning, they awake back in Scott's home, where the only indication of the previous night's adventure in Scott's new silk pajamas with FC, which stands for either Santa Claus or Scott Calvin, monogrammed on them. Scott dismisses it all as a dream. Soon, however, Scott starts gaining weight, and his boss, Mr. Whittle, played by the aforementioned Peter Boyle, likens him to the Pillsbury Doughboy. That's kind of mean. It's very mean. Uh, he develops a ravenous taste for Christmas treats. The Christmas cookies and hot cocoa, or like Christmas cookies and hot cocoa. He grows a long gray beard, and shaving it off has no effect. It regrows instantly. His hair whitens despite all attempts to dye it. He somehow knows who's been naughty and nice. Children who somehow 
Scott's children, who somehow know he's Santa despite Scott not dressing the part, approach him with gift requests. Scott's rapid transformation worries his ex-wife, Laura, played by Wendy Crewson, and her new husband, psychiatrist Dr. Neil Miller, played by Judge Reinhold. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because, Erica, I don't know if you've seen Arrested Development, Mm -mm. but there is this one joke in Arrested Development where Judge Reinhold is a TV judge. And he has this show called Mock Trial with Jay Reinhold. And <laughs> the the infamous William Hung of American Idol fame mm-hmm. does the song intro for Jay Reinhold. Uh, Mock Trial with Jay Reinhold. And it is one of the funniest things maybe in TV history. That's amazing. Um, so <laughs> I, um, I have a really hard time taking. Oi! Uh, sorry, the uh, earphone came out. Sorry. Um, it's okay. I have a hard time taking Judge Reinhold seriously <laughs> as an actor. Um, anyway, psychiatrist Dr. Neil Mer- My- Miller, played by Judge Reinhold. Uh, who try to terminate his visitation rights with Charlie. They question Scott's mental stability and believe his changes are an attempt at getting Charlie to like him. Eventually, Scott's visitation rights to Charlie are taken away. Disheartened, Scott begins to lose some of his certainty about his job as Santa. While visiting Charlie on Thanksgiving, Charlie's insistence that Santa, or that Scott is Santa reawakens Scott's magic. And he, with Bernard's help, Whisk Charlie away to the North Pole. Laura and Neil, who think Scott kidnapped Charlie against his will, will call the police, who make a massive investigation. I don't think that's the right term, but <laughs> a minor investigation. <laughs> it's a massive investigation. I don't think "make" is the right word for that, but oh, I think we should say something like "turn it into an investigation." I don't Instigate. know. Instigate. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the North Pole, it's really fun to, you know what, we should have a podcast where we just break down these wikis um, beat by beat and just talk about how wrong they are. (laughs) They don't don't make an investigation. They call an investigation. (laughs) They perform one? Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, at the North Pole, Charlie helps Scott and the elves perfect a new sled and communication devices he calls occasionally but this only reinforces laura neil's belief that he is being held against his will eventually scott as santa claus goes on with his christmas eve trip but is arrested while delivering presents to charlie's home and is accused of kidnapping him a team of rescue elves the elfs don't even get me started on these kids why from jail oh you will get to it We'll get actually no. Bring it up right now. Come on, I hate these children. Okay, that's so rude of me because obviously they're children, and I don't hate all of them. I just hate the one, the main one, who's like. And Charlie's like, "What's going on?" And he says, "Don't worry, we're the good guys." I'm like, "Shut up! You're so annoying." (laughs) And he says, "Grab my hand." 
hold on tight. And then he like flies him away. I don't know why. Like even as a small child, I knew that kid was no good. <laughs> I knew that if he came up to me and he said, don't worry, we're the good guys. I would That's not believe him say. and I would run far away. Yeah, he just gives me bad vibes. You know what I mean? Like, I I had never thought about it until Erica brought it up, but I fully agree with her. Like, she, this kid is kind of a tool. <laughs> and that's probably pretty rough to say about a kid, but hey, this movie's over 25 years old. He's not a kid anymore. <laughs> He's a tool. <laughs> um... These elves free Scott from jail by tying up the front desk guard and using tinsel to break through the bars, which Scott is very impressed by, and fly Scott and Charlie home to his parents, to whom Scott slash Santa gives the presents they always wanted since childhood but never got. Laura gets a vintage mystery date with mystery date game, and Neil gets an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. It was because of them not getting these presents that the that wait it was because of them not getting these presents that they became convinced Santa didn't exist. Laura, realizing finally that Scott really is the new Santa, tosses the custody papers into the fireplace and welcomes Scott to come see Charlie anytime he wants. Bernard tells Charlie that the snow globe is magic. Anytime he wants his father to visit, all he has to do is shake it. And after 10 minutes, he shakes it and Scott comes back, says he was off to Cleveland and takes Charlie with him. So this is going to be interesting. It's not in the show notes yet, but before we get to your who would you replace thing, I'm actually very curious about that. I want to do boom 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 What's up everybody? Welcome to the podcast with another <laughs> podcast where the cool dudes rank the bad dudes. This week we are in the Santa Claus Cinematic Universe the the first movie in the Santa Claus Cinematic Universe. Um so we have not ranked anyone yet. However, however, um Alex, Erica, hear me out. I believe that there are three main antagonists in this movie. And we can rank them. Number one, Judge Reinhold. Number two, Judge Reinhold's wife, Scott's ex-wife. Number three, society at large, because everyone's telling Scott that he's not Santa. Literally everyone, from his boss to his coworkers to the doctor, like everyone is like, "You're not Santa," you know. So, I think those are the three main antagonists of the film, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on these antagonizers. They might be antagonists, but they're not villains like there are in the second and third movie. Right, that's very true. Yeah, antagonist doesn't necessarily mean villain per se like i mean in a lot of stories and stuff the antagonist can just be something that uh something like inner conflict you know yeah you don't think the biggest 
source of conflict was within Scott himself. Wow. And then it was within Scott all along. Maybe Scott Calvin is the villain and Santa Claus is the protagonist. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so, all right, for this movie, <laughs> I, I'm actually buying that. I am buying that. There's no other antagonist besides Scott Calvin. You, Seconded. Wow, Erica, you're a genius. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, uh, listening on the podcast right now, today is mine and Erica's two month anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked like for a month before that, but you know, two months since our first date. Woo. Um, and she just came up with this great idea for the villain of. The Santa Claus. So, right now, as the ranking stands, Kudu Budu, Scott Calvin, from The Santa Claus. We will get back to this next week with The Santa Claus 2. Whoever the guy is in that movie. So, I want to hear some analysis, because... Yeah, I want to hear some analysis. Analyze this. Analyze this. Analyze that. Erica? Okay. Um, can we get more specific? What part are we analyzing? Just the, just the whole movie. Just the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Maybe a favorite I, scene or. Um, I've said my favorite joke. The I wrote such a clatter mm-hmm. joke was mm-hmm. my favorite. But I would say my favorite scene. I am really fond of. The first time that Scott and Charlie go to the North Pole. I really like that scene a lot. Um, And honestly, any bit from when they're even first on the sleigh and going from house to house, I loved how confident Charlie was. Um, Because he just seemed like he knew exactly what to do. And he was like, Dad, obviously go down the chimney. And if there's no chimney, go down that tiny little pipe on the roof. And just like he was so confident. And then once they got to the North Pole... He was, like, making friends with all the elves and everything was fine. And Scott was, like, he wasn't necessarily frantic, but he was just so in denial that anything was happening. And I just, as a child watching that, that was, like, such an empowering child thing. Because you're, like, oh, my gosh, if I was ever in a wacky situation like this and the adults didn't know what to do, I would be so cool. And it just, I don't know. Watching that as a child, I loved it. And even now I watch it and I'm, like, go, Charlie. He's really holding on the fort. He can do it all. Yeah, I like that one. So, throughout the movie, when there is the whole like, like Charlie believes in Santa Claus, or that his dad's Santa Claus, everyone thinks he's being lied to. Like, that's what causes. Like, I don't think we mentioned the scene at the school that like Charlie says, "My dad is Santa Claus," and you know Scott tries to brush it off, like, "No, I'm not. I'm, you mean I'm like Santa Claus?" Charlie's like, no, he is Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And then there has to be that intervention with the principal. Um, The whole, like, I feel like the whole movie has a different, a little bit of a different reading in in the the year we're living in where it's like, I don't want to go too, too off the topic of the movie, just like something where like there's something that's obviously true. 
and yeah it it reads differently to me this year can you actually repeat that you cut out for literally the most important part of that <laughs> i said it has a different reading in 2020 because like there's this guy who says i'm santa claus and there's these other who and who is obviously santa claus and there's these other people who are like no that can't be that can't be yes yes i I agree. It definitely has a different reading. Um, I kind of went a different route than I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to talk about with like pandemic stuff. Um, oh, I did. Like as with all the movies I watched this year, I'm like, why are they so close together? How come they're not wearing masks? Why are they in that restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> why are they drinking rum? <laughs> Why are they on a show? Yeah. Why haven't they showered? It's, oh wait, and this is we need to get back to Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't analyzed yet, have I? No. So, I think my favorite scene is similar to Erica's. Um, I I like the whole first time North North Pole scene. Um, but I really like Bernard's introduction. Um, I just think he's a cool elf mm-hmm. um, who later gets um, replaced by Spencer Breslin, <laughs> uh, who's also a good elf, but he's not Bernard. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think Bernard's in the second one, but not the third one. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. But um, Bernard, I think, is probably one of, if not my favorite, like, if not my favorite character. Um, I just like how matter of a fact he is. Um, you can tell he's like on his fifth Santa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, was anybody else bothered by his hair? Because it looked like yarn. I didn't mean too close. It was it was little 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 dreadlocks. Okay. Oh, they were yeah. dreadlocks. I thought it was. I thought it was yarn or something. If, honestly, if, if my childhood brain saw little, little, little dreadlocks and it has carried over to my adult brain, perhaps if I could watch it with fresh eyes, I would realize that it is in fact yarn. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I wasn't paying that close attention to his hair. I just like his line delivery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is for sure on his fifth Santa. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. He's like so over it too. Like, oh man, this one only lasted. He only lasted one Christmas. Like, uh, they're getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> Bernard is great. He's. I think part of Bernard. <laughs> this is gonna sound so bad. Bernard really wants a Santa to croak in the North Pole so he can become Santa and do things right. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, Absolutely. Then... <laughs> oh my goodness, Aaron, that reminds me. You need to watch Arthur Christmas. I do Aaron need to do watch it. Arthur. We've talked about it every year pretty much since you saw it, um, and I just haven't seen it. Maybe we'll watch it together. Maybe we will. It, like it. It looks like a stupid dumb animated movie but it's 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 good it's got heart and it's really funny we also need to watch klaus klaus oh man i love klaus cool i'm down it's a netflix one it's really good nice oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we do need to watch that we don't need to watch 
was it the Christmas Chronicles or the Santa Claus Chronicles or it's the Christmas Chronicles that that was okay that one was okay but it was very much a product of its time and I don't know why they had or well we'll watch the sequel or I, I, I might watch the sequel but it won't be like the first thing that I put on on Netflix you know what I mean yeah so so my my favorite scene I think it's tied like I I really like the real world stuff in here in this movie like like you know the movie could actually be could be a true to life story if it wasn't for the the Santa Claus part of it like you mm-hmm. know divorced dad adjusting the christmas with with uh his son who do, he doesn't get to see all the time okay that's a great real world thing so my i think my favorite scenes are the the courtroom scene cuz it's just sad like where he he finds out that like Scott finds out that he doesn't have custody of his kid and then the very end when he delivers the toys to uh, to Laura and and Neil, it always like always hits me in the feels that in the end. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, this really could be. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you take away the Santa Claus elements, Alex, this movie mm-hmm. is Kramer versus Kramer. I've never seen that. <laughs> It's a really good movie. It won the it won the Oscar back in seventy eight or seventy nine. I don't know. I I had a thought, another thought during this movie. I was like, I mean, I I didn't hate this movie. I I actually liked it, but I was like, how could we make this movie a little better? Like, what if you made the audience question whether or not Scott was actually insane, and you never revealed whether or not he was actually Santa Claus? Right. So, so you want this to be like I know you haven't seen it but you want it to be like Joker <laughs> the the thing at the end of Joker. Have you seen Joker? Mm-mm. Do you mind if I spoil it Alex? Uh I think I think I already know the ending but go ahead. Do you mind if I spoil it? Please do. So the end of Joker, he's in an insane he's in an insane asylum. Tongue twister. And um, he's speaking to a psychiatrist. And so, I mean, the whole thing about the movie is, like, you don't know what's real and what's not real. And so it ends in such a way that you think, oh, none of the things in the movie actually happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was more thinking of 12 Monkeys, which were the stars Bruce Will. Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, <laughs> and he is a time traveler. Like he goes back in time to warn people of a like a viral apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And then the whole movie, are like these people are like, here he's even questioning himself. He's like, did I really come from the future? or Am I crazy? But I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I wouldn't want it to be like a an R-rated movie. Just like something where you, you question his sanity a little bit. Like there were some scenes like that in the movie, I mm-hmm. like. I kind of liked it, mm-hmm. but it was still good as is. Like I get it; it's a family movie. It's not. It wasn't made for, for me, <laughs> adult me. Right, 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 right. Another thing that I liked in this movie, and I guess that this just shows that this was a childhood favorite of mine because all my favorite parts are like the kids, but um. I really liked how a lot of the kids in the movie were kind of in on it in a way. Like, I guess Mm -hmm. the kids in his class during, like, parent career day or whatever that was, they 
burnt in on it. But, like, at the soccer game, when that, like, line of kids came up to him and they were like, here's what I want for Christmas. And, like, they had, like, their little list for him. And then um, that one little girl, when he came into her house, like, through the chimney the first Christmas, and he was like, I'm not drinking your milk. I'm lactose intolerant. And then the next year, she was like, Santa, I got you soy milk. I know what you need. Like, I just, I love those little kid moments where they, like, the kids were just knowing Mm-hmm. And I love that, that all the kids just were, there's something about, like, the childhood spirit that just, like, made them, like, aware and, like, more knowing that, like, what was going on with, like, the whole Santa thing. And they, like, were almost, like, down to keep his secret in a way, it felt like, I don't know. Like, I knew that little girl was not about to be the next day, like, yeah, I talked to Santa, like, I knew she was going to keep his secret, you know? I don't know. I, I just like the kids in the movie a lot and how they were all just so confident. Mm-hmm. It was fun. They were also very believably written mm-hmm. as kids. I mean, a lot of times in movies, kids just seem like actors, mm-hmm. you know, and these these kids seemed pretty natural for the most part. I mean, especially, I think, I think that's why you like Charlie so much. Yeah, Alex. he didn't seem like he was acting. Mm-hmm. Just seemed like he was saying the things a kid would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, him being the main kid, I think that's just perfect for the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I liked all the little the elves hidden throughout the movie that were just spying on Santa or Christmas things. Yeah. I don't know if I noticed that, to be honest with you. They were at least in the beginning and the end. I think they were in the middle, too. They would show them every once in a while. Can you, you could tell by their pointy ears. What? What? Should you watch it again? <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I believe you. <laughs> I 100% believe you. I Maybe mean, I, they're. They're maybe they're just in the beginning and the end. Like, but there's definitely a little girl in the beginning that's an elf. Very interesting. That is very interesting. That's really cool, though. Yeah, that's a cool concept. Yeah, I like that. Alex. Yeah. I'm very ready for this segment that you have in here. So I, there was, okay, this is inspired by some trivia I left out of the trivia section. That um, that Ryan Stiles was considered to play Neil in this movie, and for people who don't know Ryan, Ryan Stiles, he's the tall bird-like guy on Whose Lines and Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. And like that got me kind of thinking about him in the role when I was watching the movie, and also who who I would replace. And I thought of another character too. I don't know the other character's name, so I I watched the movie and Judge Reinhold was okay, but I I really feel like Ryan Stiles might I I don't know I I, I would have liked to see Ryan Stiles because he could have brought bring he could have brought some comedic element to it. And the other guy I wanted to replace was the I guess he's the head detective or the police chief. I thought. That guy kind of looks like Tom Wilkinson, and Tom Wilkinson played uh, Falcone in mm-hmm. Batman Begins, and mm-hmm. also the Secretary of 
state in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like they need somebody that's kind of recognizable in that that role. But and I I was just I was really wanting Tom Wilkinson in that role, even as small as it was. But what would you guys think about t- Ryan Stiles as Neil? I I think he would have been hilarious. I'm a huge Ryan Stiles fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to speak for Erica, but you can. If you, what you're gonna say is, I probably don't know who Ryan Stiles is. That would be the correct mm-hmm. the correct assumption. <laughs> I did just Google him. Um, and I hate to say it, but I've never seen that man a day in my life. He could have, he, I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I have to say the same for Tom Wilkinson. I have um, never seen him a day in my life. Unfortunately. I, if I could recast someone, Alex. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear your take. Hear, hear me out for my reason. Um, after I say who I would recast. I would recast Charlie, but with one of with either Jonathan Taylor Thomas or the uh, the the younger son, probably the younger son in Home Improvement. Um, that's more more uh, just because um, I for a lot of the movie I felt like um, Tim Allen was kind of just you know, being himself mm-hmm. like much like he was in home improvement. And he just had such great chemistry with the boys, his sons on home improvement, um, especially him and Mark. Um, when Mark was young, um, like I just think that dynamic, especially because Mark's kind of a mama's boy. Um, yeah. and so is Charlie. Um, I think that, that, actor would have been really good for the role of Charlie. That being said, I really did like the actor that played Charlie. We've been praising him this whole podcast. Um, I just would have liked an alternate reality Mm -hmm. where the kid that played Mark on home improvement played Charlie. I, 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 I feel like I'm I'm not ragging on this movie. Again, I don't hate it at all. But I feel like for some reason that the Laura Laura's actress was not great. She was kind of flat. Like I, Wendy Crewson. I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else. And I was going to say her character seems very different in the following movies. Mm-hmm. Which I know, like, it makes sense because her relationship with Scott changes. She goes from being more so, like, resentful towards him, I guess, like, as Mm -hmm. Scott. But, like, once he, like, becomes Santa and he's living in the North Pole full time and has a new wife and such, she, she, like, she feels very different in the other movies. And I think I like her more in the other movies, Mm -hmm. maybe. But I don't don't know. I guess we'll get there when we get there. You know, I think I would have liked to see someone like Lauren Holly be the wife in this movie um she has kind of this more serious kind of commanding presence like that could be a divorcee mm-hmm. uh, i think she would have played it really well um 
I'm just imagining her character from Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I mean, which also came out that the same year. It did. They might have even been competitors in the box office. Oops, sorry. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't I don't anticipate we have this every every uh, episode, but. I just, yeah, Ryan Stiles got me thinking. Got you thinking, huh? Darn it, Ryan Stiles. Let's hear your Darmok review, and then, well, I guess we can't rank anything. We can we can score it. Score it. Well, we can score it though. Like, like a good, good bread. (laughs) All right. Kringle on the roof. Scott Calvin, not Klein. Charlie, his eyes dry. <laughs> Not Klein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That Eric, was awesome. Erica, I, I want to hear your score. Um. Okay. So, like, I'm already anticipating how much I love... Okay, let me not even think about how much I love the other ones. And just like think of this movie for this movie and mm-hmm. not compare. Mm-hmm. Like I love the third one so much, but we're not there yet. So this one, I will give a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so good. It warms my heart. It's not my favorite Christmas movie ever, but it's still really really good. What honor does that movie, or what honor gets that? What what Elf. movie is your favorite? Elf. Okay. Elf. Yeah, I'm a big elf fan. Would you like to hear mine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. I do enjoy this movie a lot. Um, It does not crack my favorite Christmas movies, however. Um, I I enjoy it. It's well-written. It's well-acted. For the most part well cast like i said for the most part the the main characters i think are the are the best cast and and bernard um i think i'm gonna give this movie a seven out of ten all right i guess it leaves just me I I enjoyed the movie. They I could some of the visuals were dated. Like I pointed out the obvious CGI reindeer mm-hmm. Chelsea. We watched it, and, and also how his oh body, yeah it was like this when he's going down the chimney. <laughs> yeah, and like I feel like as I was watching it, I feel like the characters were like like they changed at the flip of a switch like there's just like this obvious oh i'm this way and then flip oh i'm that way now so the the story arc didn't really do it for me but i'm over analyzing i'm gonna give it a six all right so and i did like the movie i'll say that i liked it a seven plus a six is 13 plus seven and a half is 20 and a half so overall, we give it 
like a 6.8. Mm-hmm. If you want to, can you put that on the dock, Alex? Yeah, I want to see what the 6.5 is on IMDb. There we go. Boom. That's amazing. Boom. Huge. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Weiss Camera Action. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Weiss is Right. Find Weisscast on Instagram and Twitter at Weisscast. Um, Weisscast is Weisscast Productions, a.k.a. Weisscast and Weiss Camera Action, um, just for clarification. Um, but we all we only have one social platform because why would you have multiple for two shit for whatever? I don't need to explain myself, you heathens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we find us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/WeissCast. Your um, partnerships help us to produce the show. Um, we have $1 tiers, two or $5 tiers, $10 tiers, and $25 tiers. Um, we'd love for you to partner with us so we can create the show better and more often. Uh, maybe we can even get more shows off the ground. Who knows? Um, it's kind of a dream for this to be like a full-time thing, but it's kind of also a pipe dream. Um, I do dream of pipes. Alex, where can they find you? Alexander M. Weiss on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at on Instagram at Erica.love and on Twitter at underscore lavender ICA. Perfect. This has been Weiss Camera Action. And until next week, happy Advent, everyone. Aye.